Do you guys like podcasts? Obviously. You should check out Patreon. You could help make this podcast happen. Yeah, Patreon is a cool way for you to support our podcast. For as little as a dollar per episode, you can subscribe and we give you really, really cool stuff right back. Like bonus content every single week, really swanky parties, uh, our undying love and affection, stickers, first crack at other merch, uh, all kinds of other event perks. Yeah, that's right. Do as little as a dollar per episode and we give you awesome stuff. Again, that's patreon.com slash Cinema. Also, we want to tell you about a beer. That's right. Every single Monday, Secret Trail's cranking out a one-off beer. And this Monday, that's right, tonight, the day this podcast drops, if you're listening to this, you can go get some of their peanut butter Baltic Porter. Once again, that's Secret Trail Brewing Company. They have one-off beers every Monday. Go check them out in person at 132 Meyer Street right here in Chico, or follow them on social media at Secret Trail Brewing Co. Live and drink off the beaten path. Secret Trail. Boom, boom. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, the internet. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast. It's about craft beer and it's about film. We've been off the air for about a week. It's a pleasure to be back. Uh, per usual, to all of our returning listeners, thanks for coming back. If you're new, welcome to the show. My name is Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. What's shaking? We are covering quite a bit today. Um, we're we've re um, what's the word? We've relocated uh, again. That is what happens. When I you guess move. that is the word. Yeah, yeah. We've relocated uh, to our uh, previous hot weather studio. We- now we're back in the normal uh, cooled off zone. Yeah. of the world. We so. That's, you made it sound so mysterious. I and it's know, just, it's just not. We moved from the garage back into the house. Uh, sometimes, you know, like, what if somebody's listening that just searched movie podcasts and they're like, wow, these guys sound professional. Oh, they're in a garage? Oh, they're in a spare bedroom? They are not professionals. Well, we so. sound damn good in the in the basement or the, the yeah, garage. That'll be our next move is a basement studio. I have a, a basement. A lair. I have a basement. Yeah. Um, let's talk about format of the show. Do it. It's three parts, everybody. We cover two beers in one movie most of the time, and that's this time is no different. Um, this week we're covering a film called Hereditary. It's been out for a couple weeks, but maybe you haven't seen it yet. And if that's the case, you don't have to worry about spoilers until the very end of the show. But before that, in our first segment, we cover our first beer. And especially in situations like this where Johnny and myself haven't seen each other, we're going to spend a little time catching up. Then we're going to take a short break. Then we will go and talk about this movie. Again, spoiler-free. You don't have to worry about a single thing. Then we will go to a break again. Come back, cover our second and final beer, and spoil the F out of this movie. Yeah. I think, is it fair to say that we're probably going to spoil a lot in this one? Oh, yeah. I'm going to need to. There's a lot it's, to it's, spoil. This seems like a movie tough to talk about without spoilers, right? Yeah, it's going to be real loosey-goosey, not much meat before yeah. the danger zone I'm, about this movie. Yeah, I'm planning to focus on like production quality and people's performances and... Uh, that's it most and like yeah, cold same stuff, hard facts same stuff we always do like whose yeah. performance what scenes visual tricks did you like totally no. visual tricks by the way in this movie well i guess i'll save my hype till we get there but there were some i want to note that before um before we had decided on this movie johnny and i had a back and forth about what we should see and if you're wondering why we are the only film podcast that hasn't covered the incredibles too it's because we didn't want to we decided we didn't want to <laughs> i was like look man we should cover the incredibles he was like i don't want to do that let's cover hereditary 
Uh, and he listed a lot of reasons. And I was like, all right, let's do that. And I am so glad we did because there is some meat on this movie. I've got good ideas. Yeah, it's a good one. And yeah. also, like you said, every I know, other I know. in the universe is yeah. doing. I can think of three. That's enough. That's enough. That's that's enough. Uh, so before we get into uh, more about that or more about ourselves, we want to talk about this first beer. And I am the beer breadwinner this week. This is the first time that I've brought both beers uh, and I'm very excited. In like years. In at least like six months. It's been years. Okay. <laughs> we have not been years, but I like Three it. or four years at least. Um, so I was coming back. I recently wait. bought. Yep. Oh, sure. Now tell me. Okay. I'm going to wait for it. There it is. It's coming in sexy. So I was coming back from uh, Sacramento. I, I bought a new cargo box and I stopped by field work as I am known to do from time to time. And they had a new beer out available in cans called Salvage Garden. It's an IPA. It's 7.2%. It's a Northeast style. Uh, it's made with Nelson Salvine and Galaxy Hops. And the folks at Fieldwork describe it as super tropical and juicy IPA with all Southern Hemisphere hops kicking big notes of wine, grape, and pineapple. I like it. And that seems right to me. Uh, Johnny, you haven't tasted this yet. I have. I tried it at the tap room. I didn't want to invest our time in something that might not be delicious. So as we open this delicious pint can, vibing out to the classic Savage Garden, which I didn't know that's what this was. Yeah. Inspired, uh, they inspired this beer. Yeah. So Johnny's going to pour it. Uh, what are you describing, man? What are you describing? What are you seeing? Describing, Please describe it. Describing beer. Yes. Uh, it pours a, a thick straw yellow. Yeah. Little little orange quality there. All right. That's enough of that. Okay. <laughs> starting to have romantic feelings for yeah, you. Yeah. That's it's intense. Just, it's uncomfortable. Um, this looks great though. I'm excited for you to hand me that glass. Yeah. Hey, yo. Cool can. Yish. Yeah. 16 ounce can. It's got some Greek statue type things happening on it. Yeah. Which I don't understand. Maybe there's a reference there that neither of us get, but certainly does not relate to that song. So as far as I know. Garden. Um, well, the people that, that recorded that song were actually statues. Oh, sure. Well, that makes sense then, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, so there were a couple options I had at Fieldwork and. I tasted, I think I tasted like six or seven beers. I tried them, little tasters of each one. And I think this was their most interesting, especially as a Northeast IPA goes. There's there's something in there that really caught me off guard. And I'm hoping as a level one Cicerone, Johnny, you might be able to help me pick out what flavors are catching me off guard if you're getting them at all. Hmm. Wow, that's good. It almost tastes plasticky. Does it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But there's a ton of earth, mm-hmm, tons mm-hmm. of like musty, earthy. Yeah, man, it's weird, right? There's, um, I don't know. I guess I could kind of see like the the uh, the grape wine grape must kind of thing. It has uh, like a wet paper smell, kind of, yeah, or like nose. a wet grape skin kind of thing mm-hmm. to it. Um, you know, like the discards of a of a wine bill or something. Sm- I've never smelled a wet grape skin. You, really? You ever been to like a like a uh, a vineyard or anything where they're pressing grapes for wine or anything? like it's that like you know okay. when you drive past Sierra yeah, Nevada yeah. and it's the hop smell it's like that but with grapes and that's okay. kind of what I'm tasting here interesting but I, in a good way I think that should be said I actually really enjoy this um, and for seven two seven point two percent I I don't think it's too abrasive and I think it could be no that's nice it's well balanced it's not bitter at all it's super yeah. northeasty mm-hmm. but not <laughs> like good. overly right like we were we were drinking another one of their beers as a sipper. And it is very much like just a straight up orange juice. Yeah. Too could, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it's, I, I like it, but it's not complex or, or interesting to me. Yeah. And I think this one is. This one is. I mean, it's relatively straightforward, but it's not um, boring. Right. 
Totally. It's straightforward in, a, in an enjoyable way. Yeah. I like the, the earthy notes from the hops quite a bit. Yeah, man. I um, We talked about a beer a couple weeks ago, and it was, I think it was not uh, one that we liked. It was a beer that was, I think it was the uh, the the barrel-aged horchata from Belching Beaver, right? Okay. And it was like, the description was just like cinnamon and vanilla and nutmeg and chocolate and coffee and tree bark. I don't know what they said, but <laughs> like there was a ton of stuff. And, and then we kind of countered it with like, there's something beautiful about a simple, well-crafted beer. Mm-hmm. And even though I think most people wouldn't describe a Northeast style IPA as like a simple type of beer, I think when it is done in its most simplistic form, the cleanness of a good one is lovely. You could say the same thing about like a West Coast IPA. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but I just, I feel like I get burnt out a lot on beers that have crazy, crazy adjuncts, um, where they're just trying to throw everything in the kitchen sink. There's a lot of those. Yeah. There's a ton. Like there's this new trend of, you know, like the Northeast style IPAs with like milkshake ingredients. Yeah. And I, I mean, I enjoy those too, but it's just a, it's a certain thing, right? I'm writing my score down. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, I'm not actually quite there yet. I'm gonna take one more drink. Can you fill some empty space while I sip this? Yeah. Sick. <laughs> you did not at all. <laughs> yeah, I just felt like I leave me hanging there for a second. Um, no, it's it's interesting. It's definitely something that would be worth picking up. I'm assuming a single or a four pack of. Yeah, they had. Um, so it was one of those things because Fieldwork isn't a huge operation, so they do can releases every week or two. I mean, it's mostly like you know we have them until they sell out, and then mm-hmm. we'll brew the next thing. But they were five bucks a can, uh, and they sold them singles, which was cool. Okay. I didn't know they did that. I thought it was four packs only. But uh, no, so I got this. I got a uh, two of these, I think. So all right, yeah, it's uh, nice for five bucks too. If you're in the area, this won't get distribution anywhere else. I don't think. Yeah, did you get this so, in the sack tap room? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, I think it's worth a try if you're in the area. I think so. I picked these up about, uh, I don't know, about a week ago. By the time you hear this, and they might still have them. Uh, if not, they might just have them on tap. And I think it's worth worth your while to try. Definitely. What do you rate this beer? I'm gonna give this beer a seven two. Wow. What'd you get? 7.5. Hey, oh, okay. Get out of town. Um, I th- Also, dude, I almost grabbed a um, a kettle sour okay. instead, but it was brewed with lactose. Well, um, I appreciate you not doing yeah, that. Yeah, it was. I tried it though, and it was very, I got uh, Gianna a crowler of it. Nice. Um, it, was, it was called, they had one at Burgers and Brew here in town. It was called uh, Blueberry. Yeah. Blueberry something. Why can't I think of it? I don't know. Blueberry, well, whatever it was. The other one was Rainbow. Parfait. It was parfait. I'm pretty sure I saw on Instagram our friend of the show, Edgar, mm. drinking that down there at Burgers it's, Brew. It's, I mean, it's a solid beer, man, but it's very obvious. Like, I think there's a ton of lactose in it because it's creamy yeah. and smooth and delicious uh, and very interesting, but again, not appropriate. Hey, <laughs> creamy and smooth and delicious. This is fun. This is also a new thing. Johnny has control over the music and when it comes in and out uh, for the first time ever because we're back in our upgraded cool weather studio. That's right. Warm weather. Warm and... S- Cool inside for the warm weather outside. I'm confused. I am also that way. I don't know to feel hot or cold <laughs> right now. Uh, that's an amazing transition because we should start feeling hot and bothered about now. Uh, real quick, wrap it up uh, just to kill that. Savage Garden by Fieldwork was a 7.2 for me and a 7.5 for Johnny. We are now going to move into the segment of our show that we call Hot and Bothered. And that's when we talk about what's got us hot and or bothered this week. Yeah. We're each going to do one bothered and one hot. And I think we're going to start with bothered. Because we want to get the negative out of the way. Yeah. Uh, that said, age before beauty, after you. I had to think about that yep. for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. We'll start with bothered. Yeah. Well, it's a lot more lighthearted than the last bothered we had. Yes. Which was just a bunch of people killing themselves. Yeah. So this week, I'm just going to go with being sticky. 
Uh, it's the weather, dude. Uh, it is. I hope. And it really affected uh, my pool game. Mm. Uh, I'm a billiards enthusiast. Yes. Uh, you can find me in my free time somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where I am. Right. So playing, you, you, why are you playing pool? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And when your hands are exposed to weather like this, mm-hmm. well, your body in general. Sure. Yeah. It really affects your game when your hands are sticky. Because your pool cue right like, doesn't slide, you know, does not slide. Uh, I am actually going deep into the billiards game, and I'm getting one of those three fingered silk gloves. Oh, look at you, you fancy old yeah turd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, good man. So, but you don't have that yet. Uh, Amazon primed it, so it should be cool. here by the weekend. But the point is, you played pool without that, and it was not. I played pool with sticky hands. Yeah. And it made me real mad. Isn't there a beer called Sticky Hands? Yeah. That we covered? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess. I think you picked it up in Oregon. Yep. And it's green and black on the label. Yep. And I can't think of who does it. Block 15. Block 15. I was going to say barrel 10. I was like, oh, 10 barrel? Close. Yeah. Barrel 10. It was like a number and a B word. So Your B word? Yep. <laughs> yeah, no. That was a beer from, where are they at? Corvallis. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that sucks being like super sticky all the time. Yeah, and I, it's, it's, I hate it. And it's lame because it's so hot, and all of the rivers around here are too cold to swim in still. Oh. See, I jumped in. Um, what's the one that runs, um, you know, the flumes, right, in Paradise? Yes. What river? Is Feather 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 River? Well, it depends what flumes you go to. Right. Did Were they up Pence turn right? No, Pence turn left. Like like not quite behind the hospital, but yes. same river. Wait, turn left? Like you go, well, Which way did you go up Pence? Yeah, if it's behind the hospital, that's, yeah. that's the feather. River. Okay, cool. Well, that's where it was, and I jumped in, and it was very cold. It's real cold. Yeah, that's but it, I mean, it was fun. But you that's know. because this early in the season, as it heats up, that's all just snow melt. So you're basically uh, just sure, swimming sure. in melted snow. That makes sense. Like like just dipping your toes in a melted snow cone. Yeah, it's it's uh it's not good, man. No, but you know, but give it like a month in this stupid weather. Yeah, in this town. Yeah, because <laughs> and we'll be fine. This dropped on Monday, so this last Saturday and Sunday we're both like 104 degrees. I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be hiding somewhere far away. And yeah, in a lake or sure. A billiards hall, not to yeah. be named. Yeah. Well, I'm. Um, I've had an unprofessional experience. I was unprofessional in a way. I was playing in Reno this past week, as you know, you guys listening might not. But during my last set on my last night, or my second to last set, I didn't even get to the last set. Uh, my guitar stopped making sound. Okay. Not acoustically, obviously, that wouldn't make any sense. But the electronics, either in my guitar or in my pedal board or some cable in between, stopped working. Or your amp. I didn't have an amp. Oh, you're just running straight into the yeah, straight into the system. So, um, how does that work? Do you run a mixer with that, or do you just no? They, I mean, they have a mixing board. Oh, so you okay. run into their snake, and it goes to the system, and, and then, then they, they have a sound it. guy that mm-hmm. levels you out. Exactly. Um, so my guitar stopped working, and it was like mid song too. So if you've never seen me play live, I do a lot of looping for a lot of my cover gigs, and I was playing "Fast Car" by Tracy Chapman, <clears throat> and I had like that that riff on the da 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 da, and some layers there, and then like mid song my guitar wouldn't work and i started like trying to like rattle every cable i had I'm like what's the deal um long and the short of it is i had to end up singing every chorus for like the remaining three acapella nice because <laughs> like the melody and the chords don't work on the chorus as they do on the verse so i'd have to cut out the loop and i would just be like ha 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 got a feeling that i just no music at all um and i toughed it out but then i had to end the gig early because um no sound no sound right so i felt real bad about that and i couldn't couldn't i just felt unprofessional so, so that really bothered me this week guitar is not working will bum anyone out yeah and like it's my my more um 
my nicer guitar, so I'm gonna have to take it in. It's probably more expensive to work on and all that. Was it a guitar? I don't know. I, I literally got in today from from Reno, and I've kind of been revamping this room, so I haven't had a chance to check it out. But luckily, it's easy to troubleshoot that. Totally, Just plug it in. Yeah, right. Try it out. So we'll see. Um. Anyways, like let's it. let's get out of this negativity. Let's, yeah. Let's move on. What's got us hot, dude? You're bumming me out. Fair. We have to talk about your cat's eyes too. Oh, see, that's kind of a double-edged sword because it's both positive and negative. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Let me give the short version then, real quick. Yeah, well, let's do it after Hot and Bothered. Okay. So, Deal. Mahat. Yeah. Mahat. I have two, but they're both things that I have. One is the thing that I have watched, and another is the thing I have been watching. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so the first one is a movie from A24. Nobody call me a liar. I said we were doing one of each. Yeah. We we said we were doing one of each, but I, I like this because I love A24. So yeah. Well, it, it just bears, you know, import sure. to the movie we watched this week. Sure. And it just so happened that I watched two A24 horror movies. Oh, shoot. That's back what you to back. Tell me about this. Um, yeah. So the first. This is your bother? Your no, hot? this is my hot. This is got you It hot. was a tremendous movie. It no. was one of the best horror movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Okay. Continue. Uh, it was a movie called Green Room. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been in a metal or punk rock band and played a super sketchy gig, um, the, like for very terrible people, which I have, like like skinheads and like not not I'm not saying you, but in the movie, right? It's like yeah. a bunch of Nazis or something. Yeah, it was all Nazis. But like I've played super sketchy gigs at like sure. bars where like am I gonna get paid or am I gonna get stabbed? Yeah. You know, um, you just end up playing for like half a bottle of whiskey and just cut your losses. Right, and, just let's get out. But yeah, so this this movie Green Room really stacked cast too if you watch this movie now and look back on it uh, a lot of the people in this movie have become very prominent in the film industry i don't know maybe maybe right you might be arrested development there's a famous cousin yeah and also there's one of the brothers from peaky blinders is in this movie i haven't watched that uh really good show that's what I've heard. I've talked yeah. about it a yep. bunch. Oh, maybe it was from you. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, crazy movie. One of the better horror movies I've seen in the last... You need to give that disclaimer then, because like, like some person who is like me is going to go watch this movie, and you need to tell them what they're in for. Um, It is bone-grindingly real and gritty, uh, and the violence is not blown out of proportion. Right. Am I above? Yeah, I'm a little bit, but nobody had to know, but now yeah. they do. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh. Right, it's like crazy gory, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say crazy gory. There's moments of very intense gore, but it's not like uh, gore porn where it's just throughout. Really, the you movie. don't think? No, there's only like four really gory things that happen throughout the movie. And if you look at a movie like Saw, that's true. That's like gore porn, or like, or like uh, Final Destination, or sure. something. Sure. No, this is really like this is as gory as the situation they are in with the people they're dealing with should be. So I feel like it was a fair representation of like violence to appropriate level. Well, yeah, I think, but like, I mean, Saw, if you accept all the parameters of their situation is as gory as it would be, but like, so I think this could still be very gory and realistic. Yeah. Like, I just don't think it, doing, I don't think it's on that level though. Cause like the focus yeah. of Saw was gore. That's true. Okay. So Whereas this movie yeah. is definitely more plot driven and character driven. Um, Patrick Stewart plays an amazing oh role my in God, this movie. I know. Yeah. I'm and getting all hyped on this one now. I haven't yeah, seen it in like a year. But right? Yeah, right. You talk about it. I want to rewatch it. Like, this is one I'm definitely going to rewatch. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's on my list of like top 20 horror movies now. All that to say, like, there is the moments that do deal with gore. It's very intense and very real. Yeah. And, and it's genuinely hard. disturbing. Yeah. And this movie, like, if you have a spare Xanax, I would say pop it. What's Xanax do? It's a antidepressant. Oh, sure. 
but it's also a disassociative, so you feel kind of like you're floating in a happiness bubble. Also, maybe don't eat immediately before. (sighs) Well, like if if you're sensitive to gore, yeah, it's it's, there's moments. If that type of thing bothers you, yeah, I was sitting there like snacking the whole time. Yeah, fair. But it's so stressful too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's high stakes. If anybody sees Green Room, please let us know what you think because we'd be I'd be curious. I think we're a little bit split on this. Yeah. Uh, what's so, your other what's your other hot man? So my other one is a series uh, that on the History Channel that cool. I kind of slept on for a long time. It started in 2015. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we're catching it on Hulu and that show is called Hunting Hitler. Ooh. Okay. Are Fun. No, I'm not. With this I'd, at love all? To, I'd love to know. So I'm only like three episodes in, but I'm completely addicted. And it is a show that documents, not documents. Well, yeah, it kind of does document. Chronicles. Uh, a few people's journey into finding out what actually happened to Hitler because it's pretty much notoriously been proven that he didn't commit suicide in Berlin. Is that true? Yeah. This is like, here's the thing, man. Is this like if you saw a show and it was like chemtrails or the government's hidden the aliens for, I don't know. Yeah. Because I had never heard that at all. I was pretty confident until this moment that Hitler did commit suicide. Um, They actually speak to the forensic scientists that got to examine the remains that were supposedly of Hitler that the Russians had. Huh. Uh, and he did testing on them and that came back as like a woman in their mid thirties. That's a trip. Yeah. So is it, is it, um, interviewing people that went with like modern day and like did digging or is it like, no, it's modern day digging. Oh, it's like a modern day okay. investigation. So cool. they've got, uh, do you remember that movie Syriana? With George Clooney, where he was like a terrorist hunter. No, I don't think so. Um, that guy, the movie, the guy that that character's life was based off of is like used to be like the head of the investigations unit, like hunted Osama bin Laden stuff like that. Huh. Uh, he's one of the lead investigators on this, and then cool. another guy that's done a lot of uh, terrorist hunting stuff like that. Um, and then they have like a couple special forces guys actually going to locations mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't know this, and it really blew my mind. Tens of thousands of Nazis fled to South America after World War II. Wow, I didn't know that either. There was a Mercedes-Benz factory in Argentina. Is that... Oh, because that's like a... It's the German, most Russian... Russian? I'm, I'm sorry, German. Yeah, it's okay, like yeah. the most German car. So, no, there was like towns or like cities of like 10, 20,000 people that all spoke German. Huh. Like, it's nutty. Yeah. So what's it called again? Uh, hun- Hunting knows? Hitler. And it's available where? Uh, it's on... Um, what what show did I do? You said Hulu, uh, I think. History Channel. Oh, History Channel. So like whatever cable provider you use, but it's on Hulu. Okay, We're streaming it on Hulu and it's fascinating. Like I'm learning so much about history and like things that like they got wrong in the textbooks that they're proving now. And it's all like, it's fact-based in science and it goes at it very skeptically, but it's fascinating. Like I'm only three episodes in, so if someone wants to join in with me and watch along. Be pretty cool. Yo, I have less of a less of a worldview kind of hot this week. Mine is mostly that I just got a gym membership right. um, about a week and a half ago. Um, Still not town. enough time to get fit before Hawaii. Not, I'm getting there, man. I've lost five pounds this week. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna gain it back tonight. Okay, <laughs> uh, is the plan. But uh, so I've been feeling really good. Gianna joined with me. We're on a like a family uh, membership. I D- guess didn't ask your chubby friend. Uh, did you want to join the gym, man? Mm-hmm. Where are you talking? <laughs> Was that a leading question? Were you talking about you? I was talking about somebody else. <laughs> Screw you. Yeah, touche. Yeah. Well, no. so it's cool. Like the, my two requirements for a gym was uh, number one, uh, racquetball courts. And nude yoga. And two was pool. Uh, not billiards. A pool for swimming. Racquetball is so fun. It's a blast. So if you ever want to come, they have uh, guest passes. I will 
go play racquetball with you so hard. Yes. Fair um, warning, the last like three times I've played racquetball, somebody ended up bleeding. Oh, I am totally in. I assume that the blood came from getting hit in the eye. Speaking of eyes, I told you that my cat got both of them taken out, right? That's, yeah, and it's maybe the most metal thing I've ever seen. So we have this blind cat named Twerk. Well, he's not, he was mostly blind, which we found out from the vet. He has CH, which is like this disease that cats get where they shake a lot, their brains aren't fully there. Um, they have generally just developmental issues. That's why they call him Twerk. Uh, right. So we named him Twerkules because he shakes like he's twerking, but he's also very tough. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we took him into the vet because his eyes um, seemed like they were bothering him. And, and the vet said, basically, yeah, he has like 10% of his vision and his eyes are causing him a lot of pain. Aww. So we took them out. And yeah. now he has his eyes sutured shut for about two weeks. It's been about five or six days. Uh, yeah, I showed up so. and your cat's eyes were sewn shut. Yeah. Like the old white dude from Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. Yeah. Remember that dude? I do kind of. Yeah. You say it like that. Yeah. I do remember that. Uh, so anyways, that's what Torque is dealing with now. He's, again, like not smart to begin with, so he's been bumping into walls a bunch. Yeah. Uh, at least the first couple of days I saw him. I think he's doing better now. Does he, does he still find the litter box? Kind of. Kind of. Like when we take off the lid to, to like empty it, he's like, oh, I smell uh, poop. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So he climbs in there and he, you know. Uh, he's been taking really long urinations, yeah. so I think he's been holding it. Uh, so we're trying to figure but it out. But that's really nice of him, though. That is true, yeah. Like, we had him long enough where he's potty trained, so he yeah. doesn't just like, oh, I'm going to do this now. He's like, this isn't where I do this. Yeah. So, anyways, that's what's going on with Twerk. Maybe the most metal thing ever. It's pretty like, intense. It's really crazy, but yeah. I'm really happy he's not in pain anymore. Thanks, man. Is there a band called Blind Cat? No, but there might be now. There might be. Is that our doom metal band that we're starting? We've talked about this like three times. Yeah. It's been like different bands. Every yeah. Time, but I like it. Yeah, Acoustic should... doom metal. Yes. With bongos. Um, so that's Twerk in a nutshell. That was my hot is the gym membership. If you want to play racquetball with me, you just let me know. Yeah. You want to play pool with me? Forget about it. Yeah. I don't, have the, I don't have the finger silks. Yeah, you're not invited. You Fine. don't have little silk finger condoms. I don't even know where it is. Yeah. Is the problem. It's not even in this county. Sure. All right. Let's take a break. Let's, let's get to this break. movie. All right. Max, I demand an ice cold beer and a portobello mushroom sandwich in my face immediately. Are you in Chico? Yes. Can you drive to this place? Uh, no, but I can Uber because I'm hammered. Oh, good. Well, you should go to the Handlebar, man. I'm not hammered. They wouldn't no. serve me if I was. Hammered. No, of course not. But I'm you just... should go there. Yes. Uh, Handlebar. It's right over on East 20th Street at 2070 East 20th. It's right by Best Buy and Winco. Uh, and the coolest part is, is since you're day drunk, you should just go to their happy hours from two to six every day, and you get a dollar off their draft beers, and you can order any of their amazing food. Save some money, get a sandwich, try it out. There's dogs on the patio sometimes. It's that's real nice. Right. There. Again, that's the Handlebar Chico 2070 East 20th Street. Go see them. They're a wonderful local business. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Come on, Peter. There's your suit. It's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my mom would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. My mother was a very secretive and private woman. It's grandma. You know you were her favorite, right? Even when you were a little baby, she wouldn't let me feed you because she needed to feed you. She was a very difficult woman, which maybe explains me. I recognize you from your mother. What? Sometimes I swear I can feel them in the room. Oh my God! What's that? 
Jason gone. So that was a trailer for yeah. a scary movie called Hereditary. If uh, you forgot, Johnny made us see this movie. If you've never heard before, I don't like scary movies. Uh, they scare me, which uh, maybe sounds redundant, but it's not because some people are like, scary movies don't scare me. I'm not that person. I'm very scared. Well, that's the point, man. Yeah, right. So I was apprehensive about this, but before we get into like exactly what we thought about this movie and how many times I pooped myself while I watched it, we should get some- uh, Give me those facts, Just son. some facts. First of all, so I found two main summaries on the internet, one from IMDb and one from the actual distribution company, A24 and Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Johnny, why don't you read me the IMDb one? <sighs> that one sucks. I know. I want to read the good one. You I made suck. this. So dibs. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic- and disturbing occurrences, and begin to unravel dark secrets. Which seems fair. I mean, that's pretty vague, yeah. right? Like, and and that's like the, vague as yes. Yeah. And from from the trailers that I've seen, like this movie does a really good job of not giving away what the movie's about via the trailers, which I know we both appreciate. Uh, can I be honest? I sure. did not read one bio or see one trailer for this movie. I oh, actually, really? I had no idea what it was Dude, about. Dude, me too. So like, I hadn't seen it, but I watched a bunch today. I read that it was the highest grossing opening weekend of an A24 film ever, and I saw one ad on Instagram, and it was just uh, like a printout of an mm-hmm. EKG of people's heart rates watching the movie. Yeah. I was yeah. like, that's some damn Dude, good advertising. That's a whole other thing. A24 actually, when they were first screening this film, um, literally monitored people's heart th- heart rates and like saw how high it would push them. Uh, we'll get to all that. I want to read the A24. Synopsis. You have to read it like this. I was going to read it like this. When Ellen passes away, her daughter's family. <sighs> Sounds like an episode of really friends. happy. And like, okay. <clears throat> when Ellen passes away. Her daughter's family begins to unravel cryptic and increasingly terrifying secrets about their ancestry. The more they discover, the more they find themselves trying to outrun the sinister fate they seem to have inherited. All right. Okay. So this came out uh, in wide release on June 8th. It runs two hours and six minutes. Like we said, it was distributed by A24, who uh, have done films like Moonlight, uh, A Ghost Story, which we've also covered on the show, Ex Machina. Most notably, this was directed and written by this guy named Ari Aster, and he's never directed a feature-length film before, which is a hell of a thing right? to, to do your first time around, because I think this movie uh, is amazing, and we'll get into why, but uh, I think part of the reason it's so amazing is the cast, and I will go ahead and give you the main characters that I think uh, deserve mentioning. Who in that? Sure. Uh, you have Tony Collette, who plays the the mother of this this family. She's the the daughter of the woman that passes away, as we mentioned in the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Wolf plays Peter, her son. Millie Shapiro plays Charlie, their daughter. Gabriel Byrne is the husband, father, Steve, and there is a strong appearance from Anne Dowd, who plays Joan. Yeah, a person. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll say for now. Um, this movie's been out again a couple weeks. It was running on a budget of $10 million as of a couple days ago for us, June 19th. It's made $29.4 million. And like Johnny said, the biggest opening weekend for a film distributed by A24. Which I take as a personal victory. Yeah, man. I mean, we love all these movies. Like yeah. We were talking about The Green Room as them. Well, for me, like uh, you actually touched on what got me into this movie production company, which was Moonlight. Oh, yeah? That doesn't seem right. I feel was like- it Moon? No, not Moonlight. I was thinking of Moon. Oh, okay. I don't know that not one. Not an but- A24 movie. Or is it? I don't know that one, actually. With Sam Rockwell? Oh, I do know it, but I haven't seen it. Oh. No, I think what got you into it was Ex Machina. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. And then subsequently a ghost story when we covered it. Yeah. I'm going to say that was episode 38 of this podcast. Maybe yeah. 39. 
I don't care enough 40 to question episodes you. ago. Yeah. Um, but no, like it both, it got on our radar from that and they've been putting out gold ever since they did the witch, which I didn't love, but it's gotten a lot of, a lot of critical acclaim. I didn't like that one either. Yeah, I like this movie thing. much more. Same. Uh, which is what I was gonna ask you next. Like what were your, your general takeaways? What was your, your viewing experience? Who were you with? Um, and how'd you feel coming away? All right. So went to this movie with my wife. Mm-hmm. We went and saw it together, uh, mid-afternoon showing. It was us and maybe four other couples. Sure. And a couple of, I would all say middle-aged women, uh, sitting to the right of us by maybe about four or five seats. Pretty good movie viewing experience. Everyone was pretty chill. There was appropriate um, vocal sure. outbursts at yeah. certain scenes that were just kind of, uh, you couldn't really control it. Yeah, no, totally. there, there were definitely, I mean, it's a horror movie, so there's definitely those moments. Um, there was one guy in the theater, uh, and he was like a couple rows behind us, but it was so funny. At one point in the movie, it's just dead silent and a candle lights. Yeah, dude. And all I hear from behind me is, oh, hell no. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's like, that's... But it was so perfect. You can't overstate the sound design in this film. Yes. In a lot of horror movies, I don't want to make it seem like this is um, unusual for the genre, but uh, the last, I think the last horror movie we did was A Quiet Place. Yeah. And the sound, obviously, yeah, if those, you know anything about that movie, the sound is, is crucial. paramount to that. Yeah. Um, but even horror movies a lot in general, there's there's this ebb and flow of like, big, big, big sound, quiet, big yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this movie does that, but there is a lot of attention to detail paid to those sounds and every sound in the movie. Yeah. It's uh, it's intense. Sound was a very much so involved part of this movie. Oh, definitely. Was another cast member. Yeah. Uh, so overall thoughts, um, you know, there were some shared expletives after the end of the movie, just like, yeah, totally. You know, what, mm-hmm. <laughs> what just happened? What did we watch? Um, similar kind of to the feeling after watching mother. Yeah. you mentioned uh, that. But just like a little different because mother was so abstract. Um, this movie had a bit more definition. It wasn't as ambiguous, uh, or metaphorical as mother. It was a bit more straightforward, but my favorite thing about this movie, I think is how, uh, it really didn't hold your hand through the plot at all. How do you mean? Uh, a lot of horror movies have a way of over-explaining. Exposition. Exposition. Yeah. Where like some old lady in an antique shop would be like, you've never heard of of the Scarecrow Killer? He's been around since 1900. Exactly. Yeah, and like lays out, yeah. Yeah, so this movie had an air of mystery about it the whole time. And I really like the way they capitalized on that. And they didn't give you too much of anything at any one time as far as information. Yeah. It was very trickled out and totally. you kind of had to figure a lot of it out on your own. So I love that they didn't hold your hand through the plot. It was just kind of presented to you in a vague but fun way. I like the way they handled that with this movie. Yeah. And it added to the suspense because you didn't have all the facts and you don't know what the hell's going on mm-hmm. and you don't know what's going to happen when this happens. So it's like you're figuring it out along with all the characters in the movie. And it made me feel very involved in the film, and it gave me a lot more empathy towards the characters in it. Sure. So I dug that about this movie. Yeah. That and just the suspense. Yeah. Oh, so suspenseful. Yeah, man. So so I mentioned I don't love horror movies. Specifically, I don't like horror movies. There's two types that I really hate. One is the movie like Saw or Hostel or any of those like gore porn kind of stuff. Not for me. Um, secondly are movies that just try to scare you, just try to have people jump out. And terrify you for the sake of 
you know, jump scares. Yeah. It's yeah. and like those are cheap. They're cheap those thrills are, and it's fine, but it's it doesn't make an excellent movie to me, right? No, it's it's lazy writing. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it it's like the paranormal activity kind it's, of yeah. Yeah. You remember all the, the screens, or not screens, like the, the cameras in screenings of that and just like capturing people Watching jumping? People, yeah, totally. In like night vision? And it's like a total thing. People like it, and I get that there's a market for it, but I really appreciate a film like this, which is, is a film that builds tension from like the first scene and there's opportunities to scare the living daylights out of the audience and they don't take them in a conventional way right or they don't take them at all right i think i think instead they use those moments to further the suspense that you've been feeling inside of your bones since the opening scene also i think it's important to note here if we're talking about praise for this movie um the opening scene itself which is we should say that annie the mother is an artist who does little dioramas, little miniature um, houses of and, and everything. Right. So the film starts with this slow pan in from far away on this little model house, right? And it turns into this opening shot of this kid Peter in his bed, and his dad's walking to be like, "Here's your suit. We're going to your grandma's funeral." But it, it establishes a motif of like we're on the outside looking in. It was really cool the way they did that. Almost like a like like we're a we're some sort of. Uh, you know voyeur oh yeah like a voyeur like looking down mm-hmm. on these creatures that like we're controlling like basically. looking at an anthill yeah uh, except the ants are like little things that you just move around yourself mm-hmm. um and and i mean that sets the stage early on for for events that happen later but i think it was a really nice uh nice touch and a nice way of of going about this film and it was a really fun seamless kind of camera trick too when they panned into like the miniature and then it just became the kid's room and he like sat up in bed yeah about four or five seconds and i was like we're going into that room yep it's real that's i know it's coming um but that kind of stuff happens all the time um yeah and she it was just kind of a catharsis for her to miniaturize everything going on in her life right you picked up that theme pretty quick yeah let's i mean we should give a little bit of backstory here like Again, this is this is a tough movie to discuss in depth without spoiling stuff, but I think we can give sort of a framework to give some backstory on characters. Yeah, we'll go through the whole plot uh, in the danger zone. I think we'll have to. Well, that's what we did last episode, and we both really liked it, so we're yeah. gonna just keep rocking that. But in in the meantime, like, so Annie is is this girl that's always been really detached from her mother. In the opening scene of the funeral, they kind of establish how she's like, I didn't really know her. It's kind of weird to see all these people here. She was a very private person. Um. But when she was in my life, like she was very controlling and and manipulative and all that. Um, so like f- expanding on what you're saying, like her her control of her life comes from her models. Yeah, like she can recreate scenes, like um, well, like stuff that happens later. She or rebuilds any, it. And, yeah, anything traumatic in her life. Like the the first one that uh, made me think of that was she did. Uh, a miniature of her her mother in hospice, like right yeah, before sure. she died. So it's sure. obviously a way of her like coping, which is a totally normal thing um, until it isn't, <laughs> right? Um, and I think we should also touch on before, like, just to say this from the get go. I mean, there's like a ton of undercurrents here. Some people might say overcurrent. Some people might say the movie is about this, about mental health issues, and that being what they mean by hereditary. And and I think there is a good argument there. My personal conclusion is that that's not entirely what this movie is. Also. Um, that's a clearly very sensitive topic for a lot of people. We're not going to, to blanket statement anything. We're just going to probably, I'm, yeah, you I'm, could, yeah. you could, you could interpret this movie as sort of a loose commentary on mental health. It doesn't really take a stance one way or another. Sure. I would say, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, like it's what I love about this movie. And when we get to rating this, um, I think this will become clear, uh, that I'm not just throwing out the word love, 
but I, I think you can read this movie many different ways. And I think it's meant to be read a lot of those ways at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think a lot of it, like it's meant to confuse you. Sure. Like this movie kind of makes a concerted effort to just throw you off. Yeah. Um, so, so Tony Collette who plays Annie is, uh, is phenomenal Yeah, in this. And I don't, I can't think of something that I've seen her in, but I know she's probably been in stuff, but I'm familiar with her because she was in a series on, I believe Showtime might've been HBO called uh, us of Terra. Okay. And she actually played a gal with multiple personality disorder. Interesting. And she fully immersed her, the character in the show. It was the, the matriarch of a family. She had two teenage children. What if it's like a pro, a pro uh, what's the, what's the a word prologue? A prequel. Prequel to this. Uh, that'd be hilarious. Yeah, right. But um, it was a really fascinating show because she took on these different um, personalities, but she not only acted them and spoke in like a different way, she also started dressing like them mm. and did all the things that these people would do. And yeah. it was fascinating, but she really had like a depth of acting in that. Like a split? Yeah, split, but like way more lighthearted right. than okay. split. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I think, I think Tony Collette did an amazing job in this. I think everybody in this did a really amazing job. Um, Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie, uh, the kind of weird, uh, daughter who clucks all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, m- what a creepy thing. Strange. This, I mean, this movie creeped me out on so many levels. Yeah. Um, and, and there, there was something weird going on with the daughter. There's so much that I can't wait to dive into in the danger zone. I've been like researching and listening to podcasts and interviews about this movie for like 24 hours. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to spell out all sorts of theories. Good thing we didn't go see and, the uh, Incredibles. I know, dude. We would have, This episode <laughs> would have been over. Um, that's what I was getting at in the beginning. I'm stoked that we did this because there's so much content, which brings me, I think, to the point where I want to rate this film. Yeah? You should go first. Is there anything else you want to touch on as far as like favorite scenes without spoiling or like what was oh, your God. favorite I mean, thing about this movie? so much, man. Yeah, I mean. What stood out to you? Like so, yeah. sell this movie to our listeners. Dude, what would okay. make them want to go see it? So number one, like if you're not a horror fan, you should still see this. It's an amazing piece of art. I mean, the, the camera work, the cinematography, the sound design, the, 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 I mean, the acting, everything. Yeah. Um, the score is amazing. It's so tense. Everything works perfectly together. It's a finely tuned machine, and it does a number on your psyche. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, like the beautiful use of non jump scares when they could, and like just building up that dread inside. There, oh, there's so many specific scenes. There's um, there's a well, there's a couple scenes toward the end where um, where Aster, the director, like kind of puts something in the background, but it's so dimly lit you can't quite tell it's like an outline and it's like almost. the longer you look you're like i'm pretty sure that's there mm-hmm. and it just builds up so much tension um because you spend half the scene figuring out if that's actually there yeah dude and, and then, it kind of makes you feel crazy i know and i think that's a really strong point of this like um if you want to read this as a uh, i don't want to say a psa that feels too light-handed but like a um some type of coming awareness to mental issues and how it might feel to be clinically insane um this is great like, like, am I the only one seeing this? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I also think that this movie does a really good job of being unpredictable. Definitely. Um, the, 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 um, sort of the, the form and the, the mold for a typical horror movie is thrown out the window here, which is so great. Like, yeah. That's what you want in a movie. You want to be caught off guard, it's especially in a horror movie. Like you want to be scared legitimately. Like yeah. I get over jump scares moments later, yeah. but this is something that's set with me for the it's still there it's in my brain now mm-hmm. so many images and performances it's just 
Ugh. Also, I, you're going to have a chance to. I'm sorry to go. Oh, no, you're good. You asked. This is what um, I wanted. Like, it's not it's not cliches that don't seem real. Like the family dynamics. Uh, uh, Ari Aster spends enough time developing these characters that by the time the conflicts arise, it's like I I believe it. Yeah. And like there's conversations that happen around the dinner table or in cars like. It's this is real stuff that it's people real. talk about, and there's clearly elements yeah. that come into play that you can read one way or the other that maybe wouldn't be real, but like human to human, person to person connections, are like man, that's I mean that's scary enough. Yeah, it portrayed the family drama and interaction so flawlessly, yeah, like from the detached teenager to the weird, almost kid, forgot like, it was a horror movie. Yeah, dude. at that point, and then yeah. you're like, whoa, this is going to change into a completely different genre. Also, on like a character level, Steve, the husband, I just feel so bad Dude, for. Like he's just trying. Like, wasn't he the just, most dad? Yeah, dad, man. like he's like he's kind of invested, but like he's just trying to hold people just, together. He's just trying to keep everyone together. Yeah, just, he's the dad that's just trying to drive the van to get where they're going. Yeah, like half the scenes in this movie, he was just trying to read a damn book. Mm-hmm. Also, huge <laughs> shout out to Ann Dowd who plays Joan. Like mm-hmm. she has so much on camera charisma, and just I never trust her at all because mm-hmm. she's so good at like did you ever watch she's the too, leftovers yeah yeah exactly i was like and oh i don't too, trust her she's too charismatic and too charming that i feel like she's lying to me and yeah. she is most of the time <laughs> yeah uh so dude, I, I would yeah. totally join her cult for sure like i'd be in yeah yeah i don't know man so i no i love this movie so much is there anything you want to mention no that was beautiful okay i really did like the 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 family drama aspect yeah. and the way it molded so seamlessly into the infrastructure of this movie yeah it was just beautifully done yeah like it just had the right amount of everything to make it so believable just totally. like you were saying like i was in like hook line and sinker yeah uh and this movie is a roller coaster yeah i think the other thing that i really enjoyed was that um this is one of those movies that um, from like the opening scene knows where it's going. I think on a second viewing, which I'm going to have to do, I'm not looking forward to it. It's not going to make me happy, but I will have to watch it. And I think that all of the pieces are going to be foreshadowed well enough um, to really to make me appreciate this even more as a well thought out thing. We talked about um, what band do you like that uh, made comics? Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. Where like from day one are like, all right, this is our bigger picture. This is mm-hmm. what we're going to do. This movie does that. Um also, like, without being too specific, like, later on they get into some, like, kind of pagan mythology stuff, which is also foreshadowed, foreshadowed? Foreshadowed. Foreshadowed so well and rooted in actual pagan mythology. Did some research there, too. Um, and it's just, so, like, so much respect for, like, really ironing this out and making all the pieces fit. I think mm-hmm. it's friggin' great. Yeah. It was cool. All right. Well, what's your number? Ten. Yeah? Yeah. I was gonna give this it is a, my favorite horror movie. I was going to give it a ten, too. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, um, I wouldn't change a thing about it. I don't think I would either. There's so few movies that I would say that about. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think everything falls into place the way it should. I think the performances are amazing, the camera work, and and like I said, the score is friggin' fantastic. Yeah, it's just so well done. Yeah, this movie um, takes the cake. Like seriously, it's yeah. And again, Ari Aster's first feature like film yeah like get out of here dude it's so good uh also a24 a good select like they put out good stuff they do man like I, I think we have said it before we'll say it again like anything that they put out if it's playing around us we should go see yeah. it and review it yeah they're killing it yeah like yeah it's so good so good um so before we go to a break this is legendary we can't just brush over this we both just gave this movie a 10 we've done that before no no Oh, we might have, but I doubt it. Well, here's the problem, man. If this were a situation worth celebrating, I would cheers you, but you have no liquid in your glass at all. So I can't. Uh, Oh, there we go. 
Um, all right. Well, cheers mm-hmm. to both thinking to tens hereditary. And I, we were pretty close in those beers too, right? Yeah, we were both in the sevens. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna go to a break. If you haven't seen Hereditary yet, please go see it. It's well worth your time. If for some reason you really don't care about this movie being spoiled, then you're a weirdo. Yeah, we are gonna get into some spoilers here. Quite a few. We're also gonna cover a beer. Uh, and our second beer and our final beer of the show. It's by 21st Amendment. It's a big old Russian Imperial Stout. Um, Johnny's not tasted it. I have. It's really, really good. Uh, I think. Not to bias you, man. Um, but in the meantime, are you good with going to break? Yeah, let's take a break. Hey, man. So without spoiling this, there's a scene at the end of the movie where uh, there's a crown on a head. And the crown is surrounded by these really sharp points. What's another word for really sharp points? Thorns? Spikes. You're correct, my friend. How did you know what I was talking about? They are spikes, which leads me to ask, have you ever heard of Spikes Bottle Shop? You mean Thorns Bottle Shop? I mean Thorns Bottle Shop. Right here in Chico. Do they sell crowns of thorns there? They do, yes. It's a completely pagan, sacrilegious place, but they do have a great beer selection. Well, that's good. So it's hard to argue with that. You can't can't argue with that kind of service. Um, So Spikes Bottle Shop, if you've... uh, Thorns Bottle Shop, we can call it whatever you want. Yeah, if you're in the market for a crown of thorns or a bottle of whiskey or a can of beer. Correct. You should go to Spikes. Yep. They're at 1270 East First Avenue, and they've partnered with our show to give our listeners a discount of 10% just by using our initials as a passcode, FHC. It's a great thing to do. The problem is you won't be able to get any of the beers that we're covering today because these are both very exclusive from out of town. But on an average week, you could drink along with us. Correct. And even if you don't, they have amazing beers and amazing whiskeys and all that jazz. Uh, so we highly encourage you to check out Spike's Bottle Shop or Thorns Bottle Shop. Go ahead and call them Thorns. They'll be very confused. Go in there and ask for uh, Crown of Thorns. Yeah. Is that a thing? Just a, Is that like an actual liquor? I bet you it is. I hope it is. I bet you there's like that's a Crown so, of Thorns red wine. That's which is, sacrilegious. Yeah. But also, that's the first song of our band. Uh, what was the band? Blind Cat. <laughs> Blind Cat. No, yeah. Well, yeah. Spike's Bottle Shop. Go check, check them out. Yeah. Welcome to the Danger Zone. If this is your first Danger Zone, um, you are in for a treat. Yeah. Let's let's like a give Snicker Bar. Yeah. I don't think we really talked about what the, the Danger Zone is about. Um, but we about danger. We've recently. I'm so sick of that in my zone friggin' clipping thing. Uh, a few longtime listeners, five week listeners, you might remember a couple weeks ago talked about the uh, the clipping that's happening in our audio interface. Did we really talk about that five weeks ago? It was like three, but I don't know. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Yeah, you didn't. Um, anyways, I've been talking to customer support uh, for the company that makes our interface, and we've gone through a few levels of like troubleshooting, and it's still not fixed. And that's what the danger zone's about. Correct. So we're all transparent here. That's, yeah. yeah that's no, there's a weird like clicking or something. It's basically because Max is a failure. Uh, it's well, sure. I'm pretty okay. sure it's. 100% operator error. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. When something just electronic. Anyways, uh-huh. the danger zone it's like is like you wanted to finish your show early this weekend. <laughs> I didn't say that and that's not true. I feel like maybe this is how you discover you have electromagnetic pulse. Oh, sure. Superpowers. Sure, sure, you're sure. just you're 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 fucking everything up. I'm fine with it. And that's a great segue there. The danger zone is a time where and Johnny and I have just kind of reevaluate re please help. <sighs> Evaluated. We've Come on, reevaluated man. our rules. Uh, they're not rules. They're not they're rules. rules. Guidelines. It's just that nice. some people like to listen to podcasts that don't swear. So we've kind of we've kind of tweaked what we say and don't say early on, and then after Max is one of those people. I am one of them. I am not. I, right. Yes, as you might have imagined from the sentence that last came out of your mouth before that. What? So the danger zone is a time where we lift all types of rules and regulations. We can say whatever we want. We spoil movies. 
Um, we get sometimes carried away on tangents, but that's what this is about because that's naked? what this is. Yeah, it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get back into hereditary in moments. But first. But first. Our last beer. Oh, so weird. Also me. Why do you I brought this one. hit me with some knowledge about this beer while you pour it? All right. So we're drinking um, a beer by 21st Amendment out of, at the same time, San Francisco and San Leandro. It's called Hendrix Stout. It's a Russian, Russian Imperial Oatmeal Stout. It's 9.4% this year with 76 IBUs. Before we get too into it, I want to give a shout out to my girl, Cheryl Koenig. She is, well, was a friend of my sister's. They went to school together. And for the longest time, Cheryl, I could have sworn your name was pronounced Koenig. I don't know why I thought that, but my sister said Koenig. Bailey said Koenig. So that was the uh, the hesitation I just had. Anyways. Could have told you that from the spelling. That's what everybody's saying. I don't know why I'm thinking Koenig, but I'm, it's like some different type of pronunciation that yeah. is in my brain. It's fine. Anyways, there was nothing on the internet about Hendrix Stout. So I hit up Cheryl. And I asked her if she could find some info, and she talked to a person or two and gave us this description and uh, not only of flavors, but what it's actually made with. And I got this. It's brewed with roasted barley, chocolate malt, and Simpsons Double Roast Crystal. Have you heard of that, Johnny? Mm-mm. Me neither. And I was caught off guard because I feel like when it comes to like malts in stouts, there's not as many as hops. But maybe I'm just tripping out. I'm not sure. I know there's a ton of different malt varieties, though, so it's not entirely surprising that you would not have heard of one. Right, sure. Um, and then it was brewed with golding hops as well. And on the uh, on the tasting notes, we got rich notes of coffee and chocolate with a sweet finish. Have you had a chance to taste it? I have. I've had about half a glass, and it drinks really nicely. It does, right? It's it's a little bit thicker than your average uh, non barrel aged stout on what's the mouth. That, what's which that is song? Nice. It's like sicker than your average. Sicker than your average. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that thicker. song's called. No, but it's but, it's something. Yeah. It's called hypnotize. Yeah. Yeah. Thicker than your average Thicker than your average stout. (laughs) Anyways, so I got this when I was playing uh, down at the brewery. Maxi, 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 can't you see? Um, But I thought it was really good, and I was was stoked that we could get a little bit to review on the show. Yeah, it's very nice. So let's review. Review away. You should pour some. I will pour some. You you review away. That is imperative to the drinking process. Tis. You should just drink it straight. I literally was about to, and I was like, that's that's insane. We're professionals. Yeah, it's a douche maneuver. Um, but it is like a super viscous looking stout. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, You definitely get a lot of sweetness. It's got um oatmeal vibe for sure. Yeah. The the graininess, uh, the oatmeal really like smooths things out. I've had a lot of people tell me that oatmeal in stouts gives them a nice smooth round Mm -hmm. mouthfeel. A little bit more fluffiness. What's the stout from um, Firestone that is there? Is it Velvet Merkin is their oatmeal stout? Or am I tripping? I think it's Velvet Merkin. I think it is. Because Velvet Merkin and Velvet Merlin There's are close. What's the oatmeal stout from them? I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure it's one of those. Is it? Let's pretend that Jeffers still listens. Yeah. Jeffers, if you're hearing this, well, we uh, just please let us up. know. Yeah. All right. So um, you have a glass. Yeah. Tell me what it smells like. Well, so. it looks. I mean, it looks great for one. Like the head is insane on this. It's almost um, enough had to be like Guinness esque, but a little bit browner and tanner and more chocolatey looking. Okay. It is velvet merkin. It is okay. Um, but man, on the on the nose, you get so much coffee. Yeah. Coffee like a and little chocolate. Bit of, yeah, chocolate coming on the back burner, but. Um, Man, I don't know. I was so when I had it first, I was performing down there, like I said, um, and I had it um, a little bit colder than I probably should have. This has been sitting out for what do you think? Like I don't know. Feels like four hours. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it, it's it's acquired a nice temperature. It definitely is nice and sweet in the in the beginning, but it finishes 
a little bit bitter and dry, which is nice. It doesn't yeah. have a lingering sweetness. I don't feel like I'm going to get diabetes from this. Right. I mean, there's a ton of coffee there. A lot of smokiness. Like, um, this feels like a weird comparison, but like a like a jerky, like a beef jerky kind of smoke. Really? You get that much smoke? Yeah, a little bit. Interesting. I don't get that. But I, that was my first drink, too, and I'm coming off of uh, that IPA, so. Yeah. It's hard to say. Do you like it? It's pretty good. It's pretty it's, good, right? It's almost tinny, though. Oh, I could see that. You got a little bit of metallic kind of. Yeah. Sure. I could yeah. see that. I don't I don't mind it actually. It's not bad. It's definitely not my favorite, but it is drinkable. It's uh I feel like drinkable is what you say for like a four and a half or a five. Yeah, it's it's very middle of the road. Oh, is that right? Me. Yeah. Oh, I like it a lot but more. Four than and that. a half five's middle of the road for me. It's it's good. it's it's interesting. I wish it was a little bit creamier on the finish. Oh, I think it okay. could even like up the oatmeal or something. Sure. It's it's really not bad though. Um for a non-barrel-aged stout, it drinks fine. Yeah, I think I mean so we've done a few well, not a few, we've done a bunch, but recently like a few non-barrel-aged stouts and they've all been in like the 6 or 7% range and I think it's important to remember this is 9.4. Oh wow. Yeah. Like that's I mean that's a lot that does not feel like a lot. Yeah, it's a sneaky. Yeah, and I think it's I mean especially that considered it's very smooth. Yeah. And the more I drink it, the less sweet it's becoming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you get a lot nice. of that malt coming in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give this like a... Hmm. Maybe like mm-hmm. a six. Okay. Yeah. Six flat? Six flat. All right. I'm 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 a little bit higher than that. I feel like um, the, the sweetness is not overpowering me by any means. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ride around seven five. All right. Yeah. We can swap a little bit there. Now, is this something people are going to be able to get outside of the brewery, or is this uh, so? As far as I know, this is only brewery stuff. I think they do it yearly, but I could be wrong. Um, By the time this episode drops, let's say that I will have found this out um, and then updated whatever, maybe our show notes, Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it is a stout worth trying. It seems like there's less and less non-barrel-aged, crazy adjunct stouts available. Just a stout-flavored Yeah, stout. and I think this is a really good representation of the style. So I would, I'd be happy to share this with anybody uh, or recommend it to anybody in general. Totally. Yeah. Again, that's 21st Amendment's Hendrix Stout. It's a Russian Imperial Oatmeal Stout, 9.4%. And we uh, we recommend you check it out. Yeah. Shall we get back to Hereditary? Let's get into this movie. Welcome to the Danger Zone again. We're going to talk way more about movies than beer on this episode. Yeah, I mean, it's there's so much going on in this movie, man. Yeah. Um, what is your? What, do you have one that comes to mind when you think of like your last favorite Danger Zone that we've done? Uh, no, I don't really think about these episodes after we do. Yeah, same, and I hadn't either, but I was like looking um, back on episodes. But it, do you have anything that comes to mind? No, nothing really. Mine's like Deadpool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was we, a great danger zone, dude. Was it? It was. Yeah. Did we, it just, was, did we all just harden the paint? I think well, I remember. It's when I started talking about time travel. Oh yeah. Um, and then also for some reason I started that one. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna full danger zone. I'm gonna Johnny it up, and I'm gonna yeah. say as many swear words. It's really as fun. Possible. It's fun. That's it's true. Pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah, but I know also like time travel just gets me going. So that was a fun one for me. Yeah. What I was gonna get at is that the second probably favorite that I remember is the Ghost Story by A24. Okay. Or distributed, and I think this one will be good too. I'm very looking forward to discussing this movie with the spoilers. Yeah. So last week, week or two weeks ago, we kind of just went through the movie and summed up the summary, not too in depth, but enough where we could talk about it for yeah, people pretty that haven't seen it. Ran through the whole movie. So let's do that again. Let's do it because I feel like it's necessary for this film. Yep. You start. We open on 
the miniature that zooms into the room. And then we learn that we're headed to a funeral. Yes. Ellen's. Ellen's funeral. The grandma. The grandma. Kind of creepy looking grandma. Yeah, you know, just like an old, old dead white lady. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure I recognized her from another movie and it will really distract you from... Don't tell ever... me. Don't tell me till after. Okay. I really want to tell you. All right, tell me. Did you ever see Grandma's Boy? Oh, yeah. Baby. Wasn't she the old know. lady that um, the one dude ended up having sex with? I guess maybe I didn't see. Are you talking like a like a pornograph? Because I've not seen the Grandma's Boy you're referring to. No, Grandma's Boy about like the video game programmer. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Once. I don't know. I don't remember it. All right. The one guy that's in like all the Adam Sandler movies is in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Anyways. Grandma, cool. Grandma's funeral. Sure. And now she's dead because they had sex with that guy. Probably. Okay. Yeah. And help me out here. Let's keep it keep it rolling. Sure. Okay. So they go to the funeral, right? And then like you have you have Charlie, who is already like you're like this kid is so weird. And like um, Millie Shapiro, who plays her, um, is not nearly as uh, weird looking as they make her in this. Really? Film. Yeah. Okay. That's. I, I mean, she looks very weird in this movie, right? Yeah. Charlie's. I'd clearly already weird and then she acts weird too which does not help her case i was kind of wondering how to bring that up but i was gonna be just like what the fuck is wrong with this uh, is right, there like, like something actually wrong no i mean there definitely is like she has um and like i can't begin to expound on what this might be but she's she's different looking right yeah um but they they do it up a lot in this film okay so okay. it was mainly for the film yeah okay yeah i was curious as to what they were trying to portray her like as having like almost i don't yeah i don't know if it's like know, a having kind of thing is it like right? a birth defect or does she just look odd like the features were a little yeah distorted i don't know although did you notice later on when when peter raises his hand in the classroom like yeah that and he's doing like kind of a similar face mm -hmm. like the i don't know mm -hmm. i can't do it obviously yeah um but Anyways, so she's at the funeral and like there's just creep like there's all these people at this funeral and, and Annie who's giving the eulogy is like, man, my mom was very secretive. If she saw all these people here, she'd she'd be flattered, but also pretty suspicious because mm -hmm. like she was a recluse. She did not have friends. So all these weird old people were all in the audience like this is not good. Mm -hmm. And there's one dude who's like smiling. Like at Charlie. way too like, smiley. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like and she's eating chocolate. That's another thing. Always. Which we'll get to. Always um, eating chocolate. They go home, and it was made very clear that, like, nobody really liked Ellen, mm -hmm. Grandma Ellen. Um, so, like, they're going through the motions of kind of grieving, mm -hmm. but they're not really. Yeah. Um, and Annie goes back to work on her miniatures, and um, I'm probably going to miss some stuff here, but at one point... That's okay. That's what I'm here yeah. for. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to get to the party thing, right? I think that's what comes next. Yeah. I Mostly. mean, there's some... Oh, grandma's wearing a necklace. Yeah. That's important. With a weird symbol. It's got a weird symbol. It's like four... Um... It looks like something written in a different language, yeah. but it's like a symbol, you yeah. know, very hieroglyphy almost. Yes. Very creepy. So we see grandma wearing that at the funeral. Also, Annie is wearing the same necklace. Yeah. Okay. Um, Peter, the son, uh, is like, hey, mom can I borrow the car? I'm trying to go to a party. And she's like, is there going to be alcohol? And then he's like, asks her a question. She asks him a question. And then she's like, take your sister, which also makes no sense because clearly Charlie's not into this. Yeah. Charlie wants to build toys and all the time. Yeah. Just make that noise. That's it. Um, and we're all like, that's pretty weird, but okay. Like I get it. If you're a parent, like you want to make your kids hang out and, include each other if you're just listening i'm gonna watch the movie charlie makes that noise all the time sorry that wasn't like a weird bleep she goes that's what she does yeah like a 
like a bird or a camel's hoof, depending on how you want to interpret like it. Like a cluck. <laughs> like a cluck. Yeah. Um, anyways, so he takes her to this party. Peter takes Charlie to this party. And this girl that he likes is there. Also, earlier we meet this girl because he's Peter's staring at her butt mm-hmm. in class. And the only reason I mention this is because they're talking about Heracles, who is a classic Greek tragic figure. And the teacher's conducting this conversation in class. And it's like, I think it's Heracles. Maybe I'm wrong. But basically, he's like, hey, did he ever have a choice or were all of his decisions predetermined? And some kid's like, no, they were all predetermined. And the teacher's like, does that make him more tragic or less tragic? And everybody's like, more tragic. They don't chant it like that. But yeah. And it's like, okay. Some foreshadowing. Yeah. In, in, in retrospect, it's like, okay, clearly we're dealing with something. They go to the party. Uh, Peter's trying to get it in, which mm-hmm. is a term for wanting to have intercourse with a girl. Yes. Or a boy. Whatever you want. Yeah. Talking about the peni. Yeah, entering something. Yeah. And an orifice. <laughs> entering so something. he's so he's like he's like, Hey Charlie, you can't come be a part of this, right? You gotta stay out here. And she's like, Well, it's cause they're gonna go in the other room and smoke weed. Right. And hopefully more, I think was his idea. Yeah, and then they you all show up in the room, there's other people, right. it's and really it's so annoying. Weird, uh, yeah. Charlie's left to her own devices and immediately begins consuming. No, no, no. Peter pressures her into it. He's like, hey, Charlie, look at that chocolate. I know you love chocolate. We've all established that. Go eat that chocolate. Also, by the way, when we come to this party, there's somebody chopping walnuts. And it's been made clear that you have a walnut allergy. A nut A nut allergy. And she's like, I can't help it. I love chocolate. So he's smoking weed. She's eating chocolate cake with nuts. And Peter's over here hoping this girl doesn't have a nut allergy. Correct. <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> and then Charlie, and this is, this is I had such a hard time with this. Charlie, she's like trying to drink water and having, and something about me inside is like when I see somebody who has a hard time socially eating, it makes me so sad and I can't help it. Yeah. And so she comes into the room and she's like, like holding her neck. She's like. Peter, I can't breathe. Uh, I think my throat's getting too big. And he's like, all right, we got to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So let's get out of here. Also, by the way, earlier there's a telephone pole that we drive by, uh, and it's got that crazy symbol yeah. on it. Okay. Driving, driving, driving. She's in the back seat, clearly not being able to breathe. Yeah, getting worse. And she's like opening the window. She sticks her head out, right? Then there's a deer in the road. Peter swerves. And Charlie's head gets knocked off mm-hmm. by a telephone pole. The same one with the sign, spoiler alert. Decapitation. And then, like, Peter's performance here, um, Alex Wolf's, is just so intense. Like, you can't look in the backseat. Like, it got real dark. It got, so, that caught, that was the the most off guard I was caught. The yeah. Whole. I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Like, it got so intense. So dark. So creepy. Anyways, and, and like, so uh, he yeah. just... In shock, psychosis, whatever you want to call it, yeah, just dude. totally just broken. But not in the way that Charlie does. Yeah. Not the, just more like a, yeah, you hear the difference? Like, like the, yeah. Difference. Yeah. He's just like, okay, I'm just not going to exist in this realm of reality anymore. Yeah. And he's like, I'm just going to go home and cl- not say anything. <laughs> Parks the fucking car yeah, man. in the driveway yeah. and just goes to bed. And which is so bad. Like the level of disconnect in this family is so intense. It's like, we have to just watch him go through the night and like we hear mom leaving in the morning, Annie, played by Tony Collette. Yeah, and then she, f- she finds her headless body of her daughter. Yeah. And like for probably a good like minute and 15 seconds, we're like hearing her scream. Yeah, and it's just a close up of the son's face while oh, mom so is just screaming. It's so bad, but on an acting level, so good. Yeah, and then like a quick cut to the severed head on the side of the road covered in ants. Oh, yeah, which, which I was like, I don't need to see that. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyways. But it came into play later. Yeah, so things get bad, um, and Annie goes to, like, another uh, 
she's gone to one already, but she goes to another self-help kind of group. Yeah, and she's lying to her husband saying she's going to the movie. She's right. going to get the support group. Nobody tells the truth in this movie yeah. in the family. Yeah. Um, and she on her way, she decides to not go in. She's like, I'm going to leave here. And then she runs into this gal named Joan. And Joan is like, hey, were you going to come inside? You should come to this group. It's very friendly. We're all very friendly here. And she's like, no, I'm not going to come. And then Joan, as Annie's about to drive off, is like, I lost my son. He drowned with his uncle or something. Mm -hmm. So then they just start chatting and Joan gives her her number. Yeah, they swap numbers and... Um, like I'm, I'm trying to think of the way to like a little bit, uh, what's, you know, concise. Yeah. Be a little bit more concise. Yeah. She meets Joan at her place. Um, long story short, she teaches her how to do an exorcism, but that's not later. an exorcism or not. I'm sorry. Uh, like a seance, a seance. She's like, yeah, I, that I, happens I, the second time after they meet. Well, yeah. The first time is just in like chatting over tea. Mm-hmm. But then the second time is like, Joan's like, they bump into each other in an art store. Yeah. And it's like, hey, Annie, I, I talked to my dead grandson or whatever. Yeah. Come over. I'll show you. This is a real turning point in the movie. Yes. Things start to get crazy. And she's like, all right, I'll come over to your house. We'll put our hands on this cup. We'll yeah. see what happens. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, this is real. Annie goes home. And is Annie sleepwalks, by the way. Yeah. That's important. That's pretty important. Uh, she at one point tried to kill Peter and, and, she, and Charlie. Yep. Uh, she was sleepwalking, covered them in... Uh, uh, paint thinner paint thinner yeah i was gonna light him then she woke up yeah it's good times this only matters because we're gonna unpack all this in a minute or two yeah um anyways she goes to joan's house joan's like here's what happened here's the here's the incantation you have to do to get charlie to talk to you and then and then annie's like all right steve peter wake up we're gonna bring charlie back says this thing and then peter's like whoa did you guys feel that the air just flexed okay meanwhile there's been this like weird light that hangs around mm-hmm. okay um, things start to go crazy. Gets very topsy turvy at this yes. point. Yes. Um, let's see. What's the best way to, to? I mean, we're in like the last sixty to seventy percent of the movie at this mm-hmm. point. Annie's sleeping. She has like this weird sleepwalking bout where she thinks she's trying to kill Peter again, but then she wakes up and then she wakes up again. Yeah. Um, and then she like tries to burn because like to have a seance, you have to have an item. That the person who you're trying to talk to used to own. So she has uh, Charlie's old sketching journal yeah. full of weird shit that yeah. she used to sketch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's what we're going to use. And then she's like, this has gotten too far. I'm going to burn this book. Well, yeah, because when they, she, when Charlie kind of came back at the first seance, there was this definite vibe that she was pissed. Yeah, or like extremely confused. Yeah. Because she like inhabited Annie's body. And like Peter's Peter, by the way, is just freaking out this whole time. He's never once been like, hey, you should have a seance to bring Charlie back. He's like, mom, this is crazy. Please stop this. Steve's like, you got to stop, Annie. And he's like, but as like Charlie's inhabited her body, she's like, oh, what am I doing, mom? Crazy. Yeah, it was a real, real weird time for the family. Yeah. So Annie kind of like wakes up. She's like, I got to burn this book. She throws it in the fireplace. Then she catches on her fire. Her arm catches on fire. She's like, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to pull this book out. I'm going to stamp <laughs> like, it out. I'm not trying to burn right now. Oh, uh, hell no. Nah. And then, so she saves it and then like some other stuff happens, right? Yeah. And then like, there's this underlying thing of like grandma's grave getting desecrated. That's true. But that like the whole well. movie. Somebody stole the body. Okay. Basically. Fast forward. Sure. Grandma's in the attic. T- too far. Too far? No, 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 You're right. You're right. You're right. That's perfect. That's fair, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Why did she go up into the attic though? 
Isn't she running from something? No, she's trying to figure out who Joan is. Oh, right. Like she right. goes to Joan's house and she's like, Joan, some shit went down with my seance. And, and she's she, like, da, 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 knocking on the door, right? Yeah, then, remember that scene in Joan's house? And then we go into the house, but Annie's outside, and we see like Peter's picture, an upside down triangle, a bunch of candles, and we're like, uh oh, something's wrong. Also, we see a camera watching the door, which, by the way, I've searched the internet for this for a whole day. Nobody has mentioned the camera, and I don't know why. You know what camera I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Okay, and nobody's mentioned it, and I need an explanation because that doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Um, Close to how Joan knew not to answer the door, maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. No. Also, there's a there's a floor mat with Charles. No, sorry, with, no, with Joan. With, with Joan. Joni. But it, it's in a very particular style. Yeah, and at one point, Annie's like, "Wow, that's a crazy doormat. My mom used to make doormats just like that." Mm-hmm. And then apparently, she forgets that. What does that sound? It's a really loud ass dog. Oh, we got that husky outside again. I'm so sorry about that, everybody. Wow. Uh, I guess we'll deal with that later. Um. Man, that's annoying. Is that your neighbor? Yeah. What the shit? Yeah, it's uh, not good. All right. Fun. We'll reel it in. All right. So Annie's like, all right, Joan's not home. I'm going to go up into the attic. Well, because she backs away from the door, and it's really light bulb moment. Like, my grandma or my mom probably made that doormat. She starts rooting through the box of books. No, no, no. Yeah. No, that that happened. That was the first time they met, right? Like she saw the doormat and then she told Joan. The second time when she went back to Joan's house and knocked on the door, they didn't get in. She looked at the doormat and then ran home, started running, rummaging through grandma's box of books. I didn't catch that. Nice. um, And then finds this photo album has pictures of Joan in it. Right. And like, so the only way this works is because they weren't on speaking terms, right? So she like never bothered with her stuff. She was like, all right, this is mom's stuff. Then she does go through it and she's like, here's all these different mats. And like, here's these photos and the mats were like, there's, there's, uh, Annie and there's Peter and there's like Charles. And we're like, who's Charles? Oh, remember when Charlie was like, grandma wanted me to be a boy. Mm-hmm. That's what Charlie as a boy would be named as Charles. Yep. And then we find these photo albums, like you're saying, and it's Ellen dead grandma with Joan, who by the way, has never mentioned she knows mm-hmm. Ellen. Yeah. It's like, what's happening? So then stuff starts to spiral. The conspiracy real unravels. Fast. She gets so crazy. She goes upstairs. Annie does. Yep. She sees her mother's uh, dead body with no head from the grave with no head. Uh, at one point, Charlie uh, cut off the head of a bird. Mm-hmm. Also, Charlie got her head cut off. Mm-hmm. Lots of heads being cut off here. Yeah. Heads will roll. Um, finds that, and then she's like, "Steve, Steve, Steve, my husband." Mm-hmm. Exposition. Um, I'm not crazy. There's my dead mom upstairs and there's like tons of flies. Also, my personal issue with this is that like everybody, like her and Peter, when they go upstairs are like upstairs with their mouths open, like with all these flies. I'm like, you wouldn't, why would you have your no. mouth open? That's cover your mouth. Gross. Close your mouth. And um, cover it. Anyways. Yeah. Smell. Right. And Steve Jeez. goes up there and he's like, that's disgusting. Annie, you're losing your mind. You did it. You did all this. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 Steve. Listen, here's this book. You have to burn it. If you burn it, I'm going to die. But you're the love of my life. And this is the only way to stop this. Mm-hmm. They have this big heartfelt goodbye. She kisses him on the mouth. And then he's like, look, Annie, I'm not doing this. You've lost it. And she's like, fuck that. I'm taking this book. Mm-hmm. She throws it in the fire knowing she's going to burn alive. Oops, plot twist. He burns alive. Steve dies. Steve's dead. Uh, Steve's dead. So what's... Steve's dead. Steve's dead. Steve's dead. Uh, so Boss, what, ha- Steve. what happens next? So after that... Things start getting really weird. Yeah. Where's Peter at this point? Oh, he, by the way, like got possessed at his school. Yeah. He like banged his head on the desk. He's, oh, he's home in his bed. Yeah. 
He's, so, oh yeah. Yeah. Then we immediately, she, she gets like this, we see that light again, right? Uh, did we mention that on air? Did I mention that on a break? You've mentioned the light. Okay. Well, this light comes over Annie. It passes right through. And then she like slowly starts to smile over Steve's dead body. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Peter in his room, mm-hmm. sleeping on his bed. And like, this is the first time that I remember being like, what is that in the background of the shot? Turns out it's Annie. Like stuck to the just wall. Just right up against Spider-Man style in the far corner. On the ceiling. I was reading, somebody pointed this out. Remember that motion detector that comes on when he gets home with Charlie's yeah. dead body? It comes on again. That's the extra light that happens. Mm-hmm. It's because those damn cult members end up showing up. Mm-hmm. Anyways, then you see she's friggin' possessed. Mm-hmm. Scampers across the wall very silently. He goes downstairs, sees his dead dad. There's the creepy smiling guy again in the closet, which is so horrible. Naked. Naked. Everybody's naked. Naked in the smiling. Yeah. Nothing more disconcerting than seeing a naked dude in a closet smiling yeah. at in you. In your own home. Yeah. Very horrible. I hate it when that happens. It's the worst. It's very off-putting. It really throws yep. a yep. monkey wrench into the night. So Peter's like, uh, mm. I'm going to the attic nah, for some dog. reason. I'm not going out the front door, which is closest to me. Well, the attic, was, the attic. she chases him in the attic conveniently true. left open. Right. So he goes up. He pulls the, it's one of those like unfolding ladders that you kind of climb No, up. it was left down. Right, he yeah, just finds no, it and yes. climbs up it. Then he pulls it closed, locks it, and in short, there's a bunch of naked people in there, including his dead grandma's dead head. And corpse. And corpse. And his mom ends up like hanging herself and like sawing, sawing off her neck with a wire hacksaw. Yeah. He's like, fuck this, I'm out. He jumps out the window to his death. Mm-hmm. Okay. The light comes again, goes into his body, he wakes up, and then he sees his decapitated mother floating. There's a treehouse also where where Charlie used to sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Decapitated mother floating in there. He's like, I'm going to go that way. Yeah. He climbs up and there is um, some pretty weird shit going on. So there's like 12. Go ahead. You should go. You have to start with uh, the large Jesus type situation yes that's like made in the style of charlie charlie used to make toys. toys yeah she used to make toys that was her thing and it's like a giant human-sized version of that mm-hmm. with her decapitated head stuck to the top of what it what was around her head though uh what was in a crown of thorns no spikes <laughs> crown of spikes yes but it was like a weird thorny thing also uh, i don't know if you caught this but you like if i did this to you i'm putting up two fingers with a thumb over it mm-hmm. who would you think I'm? that would of? be the pope Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, that's it was also Catholic, like, yeah earlier on. It was Jesus. And that's uh, where it yeah. came from. So her hand is actually this way, uh, mm. upside down. Yeah. Which, if you know anything about Christianity or Satanity, what is Satanism? Satanism. The the Baphomet has one up and one yeah, down. Yeah. Usually, like um, I believe the opposite of whatever Jesus yeah. would have done. I.e. inverted Satan. cross. Correct. Yeah. So sh- the statue or mannequin was like flipped. Okay. But yeah, it was Charlie's decapitated head. On this weird mannequin statue thing, bunch and of naked people, bunch of naked people slash headless people bowing down before it, and then uh, Joan Hail Payman was like Hail Payman, and we're like, who's Payman? Yeah, actually, a minute ago we we learned about Payman. Yeah, uh, in in Grandma's old books. Yeah, it was pretty trippy. Grandma was balls deep in Satan. Grandma, yeah, was in a cult. She was the leader of a cult. And here's where we stop the summary of the film. And we get into what we thought. Basically. Kind of, yeah. Well, no, because you have to finish up with what happened with the kid and how he became possessed and now he's like, like that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, but we didn't say that We yet. didn't explain it yet. We yeah, didn't say sure, it out loud. Yeah. So everybody's like, hail payment, hail payment. 
And we're like, oh, all right, clearly this dude Payman. Well, and has- this is the only time in the movie where Joan really gives an exposition and basically says That's that true. we needed a male form so this god or this king of hell could inhabit human form so we can have wealth forever, that kind of situation. Yeah, and it was a thing like she goes, Joan does, to to Peter, who we understand at this point to be Payman slash Charlie because Joan is like, Charlie, Payman, <laughs> we got you this sick-ass body. You're good now. We get all the wealth that you've been promising. We've been trying to do this for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. We hail you, mm-hmm. basically. And then they put a, the crown of thorns right. on him. Uh, the director, um, Ari Aster, was saying something like, this was basically the equivalent of like the manger um, okay. for Jesus' birth, right? Except the opposite because it's a, what do you, what do you call it when somebody gets a crown? It's a Chris, a, not christening. No, like a crowning. A, no, there's a word for it, uh, but that's closer. A crowning. It's like a. It's not christening, but it's no. real close to that. Mm-hmm. It is close to that. Oh, oh, what is it? I almost had it. You know, it's like coronation. Coronation. It is ah. coronation, right? So it's like a coronation of like Jesus, right? But yeah. except not Jesus, the opposite of Jesus. Yeah. One of the kings of hell. Yes. One of eight. One of eight. Um. So we got that exposition earlier too when she's going through the notebooks and stuff. Yeah. Um. Is that good summary wise? Yeah, end scene. So I think like and then we all say, "What the fuck just yeah. happened?" So the most interesting stuff here, I think, in this film revolves around what this means for the characters. Yeah, early on, especially like you get a lot of backstory for Annie about how her family has dealt with schizophrenia and multiple personalities disorder or DID, um, and it's like on one hand you can make the case that this is all an elaborate thing in one of their mind, in her mind or Peter's mind, because they're both biologically related. And it's like, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of points to be made about why this could be that. The only reason I think it's not is because the director said so oh. in a couple interviews, but well, that's a good reason. Yeah. But at the same time, like art is art. Once you put it out in the world, you can interpret it how you want. Like, um, for example, Annie never sees Joan around anybody else. It's just Annie and Joan. Hmm. Right, like Steve is never there to be like, "Oh, hello, Joan. You're a weird well, no, they, friend." They met in group. No, they didn't. They met outside a group. Joan stopped her as she was. But driving But Joan away. was sitting in the circle the first time she was there. I don't think so. Are you sure? No. Are you? No. Shit. <laughs> oh, what if she wasn't? She definitely wasn't at the. Not definitely. She probably wasn't at the funeral. I don't recall seeing her. Face. No, I feel but like I, I would have recognized her. I feel like she was at the first group support thing she went to. I'm not sure about that. If that's true, then then touche. Theories kaput. Yeah, but I th- I think like and I was mentioning this on break like, um, back in the day, right, um, like medieval times. Yes, there obviously were mental illnesses, but science and medicine weren't evolved enough, so they'd be just be like, "You're a witch, or you are possessed by a demon." Mm-hmm. Um, and I think so many people after seeing this movie, you're like, no, this is obviously a metaphor for mental illness. Um, and I don't See, think that's right. I never once thought that until, really? yeah, I did not get that take from this at all. Uh, no. Even with like the name hereditary. Yeah. A like, little, I don't know. I feel like they spend so much time talking about how her fam, Annie's family was like, well, what if it meant she was born into a cult? I think that is what it meant. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is like, we, we've developed such a strong, um, inclination to be like, oh no, no, it's obviously not demons. They have schizophrenia. It's a yeah. metaphor. Well, and they they led you to that. But I think this movie is so brilliant because instead of being like, yes, it's just a metaphor. It's like, oh no, 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 this is society's problem. 
this is actually just demons. Yeah, you think it's mental illness. Like, in the context of the movie, it's just demons. In a societal context, as us being viewers, like, yes, there's a conversation to be had about mental illness. Yeah. But I think in the context of the screenplay, the there's demon. demons. Yeah. Everybody's like, no, 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 it's schizophrenia or it's multiple personalities. And it's like, no, 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 dude, everybody in your family's in a cult and they're trying to sell you to a king of hell. Like, listen up. And yeah. Steve's like, no, no, she's in a psychiatric break. It's like, mm-mm, listen up, dude. <laughs> There's something Ugh. horrible happening. Actual demons. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy movie, though. Yeah. One of the crazier movies I've maybe ever seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm it's up there, there, too. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great, man. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. Me, too. Um. Yeah. I hate that dog. Yeah. I don't. I hate the owners that won't put it inside. Exactly. Especially if he's not shaved. It's he's too not. Hot. It's too hot. You should call animal control. I might. That's inhumane, dude. He's going to like overheat and die. I'm going to go steal him. Yes. I am. We need a husky. Unless anybody asks the cops. Uh, alleged, allegedly. Yeah. Um, final thoughts on this film. I feel like we're getting pretty close, yeah? Yeah, I think we're about there, man. Um, final thoughts. It's a mind fuck. Yeah. And like, the more we talk about it, the more I actually want to watch it again. I have to and see it again. That yeah. makes it an awesome movie. You know what totally I mean? right like how many movies do you watch in the theater and like actually want to watch again we watch yeah. a lot of movies that are forgettable yeah that are entertaining and they're fluff and they're they don't really impact you you know what i mean this movie is one of those that has an impact i saw the movie tagged this week okay yeah. it's case in point yeah right so i mean it's kind of it a24 is really good about putting out movies that you develop a like an emotional connection to yeah it's meaningful like stuff i will never forget the first time i watched a ghost story yep like that movie, like touched me really, really mm-hmm. deeply. I hate that dog. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, same. So I mean, just that connection to a movie and the investment emotionally and just the way it hits you, it's good. And I think this movie is important for horror as a genre too. It explored different aspects and it's a fresh take on psychological horror and yeah. horror in general. And it was very surprising, and I liked it for that. Yeah, I can't praise this movie enough. If you haven't seen it yet, please go do that. We'd love to chat with you about it. Where uh, would they chat with us about it? Thank you, sir. Yes. They would go to either Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. Uh, if you'd like to email more than a f- or chat more than a few words, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. Um, or you could find us at patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. Come to our events. We can talk at length about any of this. Ad nauseum, even. Ad nauseum is what we prefer. Bring Max for Loco. Uh, in the meantime, I think we're about there, right? In the time that means nothing. In the time that is meaning of means. Yes. Um, let's wrap it, man. Let's. Uh, uh, we'll come back next week. I know we took a week off there for a minute, but I think we're back to our normal schedule. We're back in action. Um, I'm Max Minotti. I'm Johnny Summers. We'll see you next time. Bye. Yeah. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.